Amen, amen, amen. It's that time again. It's that Morton anointed radio. <laughs> Morton anointed radio show. And like always, we're going to start with a scripture and a prayer. And the scripture that we're going to come out of is Proverbs 1 and 10. And it says, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. Because darkness is never learned. Sin was never learned. It's introduced. So you have to realize that when you're enticed, you got to resist. Even Jesus says to resist evil. So if you know that you've been tempted, and you know that it's not something that you was brought up with, or if it's something that is out of your character, don't do it. God simply said it right there. Just don't do it. Don't change up you to, to please someone else. Amen. Amen. Dear Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've done for us this week, Lord. Thank you for the, the trials and tribulations that we went through to teach us the things that we needed to strengthen, to get away from. God, we just thank you for all the things that you've done and how you've blessed us so. How you kept the roof over our head, yes, Lord. food on our table. God, we just thank you for thinking about us and considering us your friend. God, just right now, as everybody is waking up and going to their ministries and, and doing things for you, or, or even if they're just tuning into this broadcast, God, just bless them right now, Lord. Bless them from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. God, whatever they're going through, give them a breakthrough. Give them deliverance. Give, give them comfort, Lord. Or just give them the best thing that you could give them. Peace and joy. God, we just thank you for all the things that you're doing in our lives to better us. So that we could operate in your will and not be outside of it, Lord. Because, God, there's some things that we've been dealing with. Things in the midnight hour that's been bothering us, God. And, God, we need you right now. To give us confirmation. We need you right now. To be able to heal us. Touch us. Comfort us. In knowing that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. God right now we just love you. We give you all the thanks. If we just don't say anything else. And we say that all in Jesus precious name. Amen. 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 This is Pastor Jay. And like always, you can find me on Instagram at official.jaylon, J-A-Y-L-O-N. Oh, actually, it's official underscore jaylon dot Calhoun. Uh, Instagram, or you can find me at Pastor Jaylon Calhoun on Facebook. Man, it's crazy. I ain't never had that many mistakes in the <laughs> intro before. Um, one thing that I could just say is... The holidays are here. That means Christmas songs are approaching. Thank God. I love it. That means this is the best time of the year. You get the good food. That's all I care about. Well, I care about the good food and being around family and you know the good food is good. good good importance to me though. <laughs> so I definitely wanted to um just say, because this is a time, just be aware, this is a time that a lot of suicide happens. Just suicide awareness, if you feel some type of way, I know it's a lot of people go through things during the holidays, not having parents, not having family members, and then going and seeing everybody in the Joneses with theirs. Do not solve a temporary issue with a permanent one. Talk to somebody. Amen. Reach out to somebody. Do not isolate yourself away because it's just going to make it worse and i pray that you can be able to talk to somebody before making drastic moves like that there's no reset button on that none at all but other than that this is coach here you can find me on instagram at 910 coach and remember patience is a talent that a lot of people don't have and in the absence of 
Lady AJ. Lady AJ has been sick. Get Def- well. Please pray for her to get better. She hardly could talk. She sound like she sound like this. She said, "Oh, George." <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely pray for Lady AJ so that she can feel well. We definitely miss her in the studio. Um, other than that, we had Mr. Marco that wanted to say something today about a legend that passed away. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Going good. What's up, Marcos? Not much. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, there was a quick little announcement that uh, I wanted to make, of course. Uh, the great Stan Lee. Uh, R.I.P. The creator of Black Panther. Wakanda forever. That's right. Um, it, it was really, uh, I don't want to say shocking, but it was definitely a big jolt to the uh, comic community. Uh, Stan Lee lived to be 95. Wow, that's a blessing. Long-lived life. Um definitely was not um a life that was not uh wasted he of course served his country at a very young age he did of course uh serve his country and at one point he considered himself not to be important in the military because he did say that he was just a comic writer mm. uh later returned to that same quote and said you know what i was wrong i was an entertainer and people needed that outlet mm. So that was one of the big reasons I realized that he definitely needed to be remembered because he did say it's very important for people to have an outlet and to remember that they also have to enjoy their life. And, you know, as we all know, these great characters brought a lot of joy to us. Right. And it definitely, definitely hits home when it comes to, you know, when we were younger and kids and all that, because we all remember trying to be Spider-Man. We all remember trying to be the Incredible Hulk. And I feel like that's definitely one of the things that he brought. And, of course, him being, uh, of course, the co-founder, him, uh, of Marvel and creating all these characters. That was one of the biggest things that that he could have brought to the world. And, of course, now with Comic-Con and all these other things that have come out of the comic culture, uh, that has he has become one of the the fathers of all this movement. Um, And, you know, I hope that there's somebody out there, uh, a child, an adult, whoever you might be. Uh, remember that this man at one point thought that his life was not important. Um, and at 95, we remember him as one of the most important people in probably our, our modern culture. Right. So definitely, definitely. And I know um, we just had Halloween and all that. So, Coach, did any of your kids dress up as one of the characters or anything like that? No, nah, my uh, son was Cam Newton and my daughter was a nurse. Well, there you go. There you Cam Newton's his own superhero, right? Oh, yeah. But, you know... He does uh, spark the imagination of a lot of young minds. So his impact is greatly felt. And with with just the, the basic of all the movies that he made, he made it that people could believe to be different. Amen. And, and um, actually one thing that people don't realize is that X-Men leaders was actually based off Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, the two different ways of how they approached the situation. Um, and Magneto being Malcolm X and Marlon King being Xavier, Professor Xavier. So he took real situations and, and he, he, he depicted it in his own special way to show a different way of seeing things. So RIP Stanley, I have his Funko Pop on the way. Yes, I'm a Funko Pop collector. And that's a real special one to me. All right, so we're going to go ahead and go into the mix. And we're going to go ahead and listen to, I want to hear some more Tone. You know, Tone don't make gospel music anymore. And um, his gospel music is what brought me through the youth ministry. So I think I'm going to play him today and just play some top gospel hits on the billboard. How about that? All right.
Guys, make sure that you stay tuned. We're about to have the interview in 10 minutes. So keep on jamming to some gospel tunes. Get your praise on. Get your shout on. We're going to have a few more songs and then we're about to get into this great interview. So stay tuned. All right.
It's been a million days and a million nights. Oh, I still remember how your love changed my life. It's not enough words in my vocabulary to express how I feel. And I still pitch myself just to see if it's real. So happy you're still in my life
Let's flip a little bit. Take it to church, Daryl. I just came to tell you, hold on. Doesn't matter what you're facing right now. The promise of the Lord is that it's temporary inconvenience for permanent improvement. So go on through your Monday. Praise him on Tuesday. Shout on Wednesday. Glorify him on Thursday. Get yourself ready Friday. And then get set. Because the Bible said that your weeping may endure for the night. But hold on. Because when the morning comes, your joy will be there. Amen. So we're, it's about that time. And if you're listening to us live, go ahead and push that like button and make sure that you go ahead and, and subscribe and, and, and follow and share and all that good things. Make that like button and the share button. Go ahead. Cause we're about to go into our interview segment. Do, do, do. And, um, our interviewer today, I could just give a little background. He is deep. Like when I saw his video, his video was featured on Goldcast. And um with his video, it really made me think it was like, man, I could relate to it. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely wanted to reach out to him and have him on the show. Um on our Instagram and Facebook, I put a a little snip snippet of his um of his video that I saw on Goldcast. Um and one thing I could definitely say is it's inspiring. It can it definitely will motivate you to show you that despite what's against you, you can stand. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So so one thing I could definitely just say that is it's it's something to make you think. And um as a testimony, when you're going through something, you know what I'm saying? When you're going through something and you can have you have two choices. You could let it become you or you can let it make you stronger. And I think that was something that detailed his video in this a lot is that he didn't let it become him. It made him stronger. So as we're getting prepared in the studio for his interview, one thing I wanted to uh, say, Coach, is 
can you think of what got you through hard times? Well, the support of my family always gets me through uh, hard times, but I take all my problems to uh, Jesus Christ first. He solves a lot of things, and sometimes I may not agree with what's going on, but it's up to me to figure out what what am I supposed to learn? Why am I not supposed to do this with this person or or get this event, uh, get this thing off the ground that I'm trying to do with this person? But you know, you you bring I bring all my problems to God first, right? And He finds a way for me. So I, I'm just thankful. I pray to Him, and then if it's really really hard, I just start praying for everything that He's already done to remind myself of all the blessings that I have with with God. And uh it, it's uh it's tough sometimes, you know, but it's just testing your faith. Don't give up on your faith cuz you know, it's kind of like you get filled up, you get empty and everything. Amen. And So now we okay. have I believe we have him on the line. We have we have him on the line. Amen. So Amen. we have E.N.J. Humphrey on the line, and I want to welcome to the world everybody and reintroduce to some others E.N.J. Humphrey, one of the a very big impacted motivational speaker coming out of Colorado. Everybody, E.N.J. Humphrey. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you guys for for having me. Appreciate it. Amen. And one thing I wanted to say is just. Thank you for coming on. Um, actually, I saw your video, like probably a lot of people saw your video um, on Facebook through Goldcast. And it really touched me because I was raised by my grandmother as well. And some of the things that you were saying about the lessons you learned, uh, the things that you, you know, kind of went through, I was able to relate. So I definitely thank you for being able to give a, a perspective that I'd never seen before. Um, during the time that I was watching your video. Well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that video's really done a lot to kind of promote me a lot more because I don't do a lot of marketing or promotion. But so far, I think that video has, I think it's about 24 million views. So it's definitely, definitely been a blessing. Amen. So let's go ahead and just let everybody know that if um, if they haven't seen your video, Tell us a little bit about your background, where you, where you came from, um, how you got started, what started you on your journey of motivational speaking. Okay. And feel free to cut in at any time, and I'll try to be as brief as possible due to our time. But, you know, like the video kind of starts off with me talking about my grandmother. And I was born and raised, I was born and raised in South Central L.A., but I was raised for a good number of years by my grandmother. However, you know, I came into this world under pretty violent circumstances. My mother was assaulted by a neighbor and she went into premature labor. So that's how I came into this world, literally kind of fighting for my life in 1972. My mom, the woman that assaulted her poured boiling water on my mom. So that's kind of what she did to to assault her. That's how the assault took place. So my mom, she received like, she received third degree burns to more than 25% of her body. So she was in hospital for a great deal of time. And when she was finally, finally allowed to leave, or should I say, well, both my mom and I were finally allowed to leave the hospital with these burns on the burns that my mother had, as you guys can imagine, it was very difficult for her to, to watch a newborn baby. Right. You know, she couldn't hold me, do all the things that a newborn or a mother would normally do with a newborn child, including nursing, because of where the burns were located. So the, because of the pain she was in, the doctors prescribed heavy pain medication. Mm. And while on that medication, it was very difficult for her to watch me because it was a sedative. Mm. So I bounced around a lot. You know, my mom would watch me. I'd stay with neighbors, family members, and friends. And I did that, lived that way for the first kind of, first three years of my life because my father wasn't present to, to help out. And when I was three years old, I was back at home 
in my mom's house. And if you have children or if you ever watch the three-year-old, you know that they're busy. Right. They get into everything. You kind of have to keep your eye on them. And at three years old, I got into my mom's purse and I found that medication. And in 1975, you know, if you take medication today, if it's a, it doesn't matter if it's a Flintstone gummy vitamin, you can't get the top off. You got no Kung Fu or karate or something. You just get that safety <laughs> cap off the bottom, you know? Right. So it's very hard to get off. But in 1975, you could just open the bottle like Tic Tacs. And that's what I did. I opened it and swallowed everything in the bottle. And when they found me, they rushed me to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, my heart stopped multiple times, and eventually I went into a coma. Luckily, uh, I, I survived my grandmother. My grandmother had a whole cohort of, of friends and from her church, and they've all passed away now. But for a number of years, they called me the little dead baby. And the reason they called me that is because the doctor said that I wouldn't survive, but my grandmother and her friends from church were up at that hospital, she said, praying over me every single day. Mm. And that's what my grandmother credits for, for me surviving, swallowing those pills. The, un, the unfortunate part is, even though I survived the state of California, they did an investigation and they blamed my mom. So they took me from her. She lost full custody of me. I was made a ward of the state and I went into the foster care system. And unfortunately, again, shortly after I arrived to one of my foster homes, my foster mom started locking me inside the closet with no light. Uh, you know, for if I didn't eat all of my food, if I got into an argument with one of the other foster kids, that was her way of disciplining. Or really, honestly, it was just simply abuse. But she would lock me inside this closet. She would open it. Uh, she would kick me or hit me with sticks or straps, whatever she could find. I have a number of scars on my body that she put there, including a third-degree burn on my hand that she put there with an iron. Mm. So I stayed in this foster home, and this is what I endured for up until I was nine years old. And that's kind of when my grandmother came back into the picture. Uh, she had to fight the state of California to get custody of me. Do you have a question? No, I'm just being taken by your story. Um, okay. She, go ahead. But she, you know, my grandmother, I didn't know. Of course, I didn't know that at the time while I was in that foster home. But my grandmother, like I said a moment ago, she had to fight the state of California. And believe it or not, this is kind of the confusing part for me is how my grandmother, she was a senior citizen at the time, but she had to prove, she had to prove that even as a relative, she had to prove that she was capable of taking, I like to say she had to prove that she could take care of obviously an abused, uh, confused, but yet handsome little baby boy, you know, <laughs> and, and they, you know, uh, my grandmother, she's one of the toughest people that, that I've ever, that I've known. So I know why the state of California, she's very relentless. So eventually she would not have stopped going to that court until somebody said yes. And she was granted full custody of me. So at nine, I began living with my, with my grandmother. And that was truly a blessing. As you can imagine, it was really a blessing for me because my life at that point changed for the better. Amen. My grandmother didn't have a lot of money. She didn't have a lot of resources, but she did the best with, with what she had. So, uh, so I had that to look forward to. So what got you into um, motivational speaking and telling your story? You know, I kind of stumbled into motivational speaking. It was due to a promise that I made after being sentenced to prison. And at age 19, I was sentenced to 15 years in prison. And I talk about that briefly in the video. But sitting in that courtroom, I made a promise to my victim's daughter. This is something I don't talk about very often, but my victim's daughter sat in the witness stand. She was about 9, 10 years old. And she looked at me and she said, you, you took my Superman away from me. Now, because I assaulted her father, he didn't die. But what she meant was I knocked him off of the pedestal. At least that's what I understood. And not growing up with a father, that hit me right in my stomach because I, there's nothing I would like to have had than a father that I could hold on the pedestal and call my Superman. 
So when she said that to me, it was, I made a silent promise to her and I said, if I ever get out of prison and I can turn my life around and really kind of achieve any small level of success, I promised that I would start to give back. And that started probably, probably 12 years ago. I've been speaking now for about 10 years. So about 12 years ago, I started working with schools, volunteering, working, mentoring young men, working with troubled youth, and that kind of segued into into speaking. The reason why I started sharing my own personal story because I fought with that for a number a number of years out of embarrassment, shame, and a whole host of other different issues or thoughts that ran through my mind. Mm. But. As I mentored young men and young women and worked with kids, I understood that one, the things that I had gone through in my life, there were so many other people that had, were holding and hiding those things inside. So part of me, part of that promise extended to me speaking and being completely open and transparent about the things that had happened to me and then providing skills or principles on how these kids or anyone for that matter could overcome those obstacles in that past. Yes, this is a uh, coach here. Uh, good morning. I was, uh, my question is, I would like to know, can you, as being a motivational speaker, can you explain some of the joy that you get when you see people understand and get motivated by your words? Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the blessings of being able to, of, of speaking is, you, you know, obviously I I share my own personal story, and each and every time there's someone in that audience that has that has faced some something similar. So for them to come to me afterwards and say, "Sir, you know, you've really given me the courage to continue to face the things or to face my past. You've really given me strategies on how I can continue to move forward at a time when I've given up." What that personally does for me is it helps me to make sense out of many of the things that happened to me that for years I didn't understand why I had to go through all of those obstacles. So sharing it with someone and then hearing the blessing or hearing how it helps them to continue fighting really gives me or, or it provides my purpose and clarity as to why I had to face all of those challenges. Um, one thing I wanted to add on to that too is that I think just stepping forward, having the courage to step forward and deal with your past because a lot of people suppress it with however they suppress it you know there's multiple ways a lot of people suppress it and they try to act especially uh, i've seen in my culture you know that um we 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 it's like what the old folks used to say you know you don't talk about what goes on in this house you know you don't 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 be telling people your family business you know this it is this this family secrets and all that and i felt like that that harbage like I guess harbored a lot of pain for people because they couldn't express it and they had to act like it never happened. And I think with your transparency, just speaking for myself, it, it made me be able to sit back and analyze like, yeah, it happened, but obviously it happened for a reason. And it makes you start accepting things instead of saying it's because I think a lot of times, especially being young and if you ever went through any type of abuse, you feel that it was your fault. You know, why they didn't love me, why, um, why at this amount of time they're supposed to be close to me. Why did some nobody come protect me? And I, w I was talking to someone um, a while back and was saying that it's crazy. If you come from an area that, you know, we call the ghetto, but a, a low income area. One thing that you realize that from a young age, people lose the the attribute of trust. Because at a young oh, age, you realize that if the streets want to come get you, there's nothing that your family or anybody could really do. So it, it's crazy that right. that's instilled into a young, a young kid's mind and makes them lose that value of trust within family, within friends, because they think that everybody's out to get them. And it's a poisonous mindset yes. that you have to try to get past because that's not you know, especially if you don't live there no more, you don't live that life no more. You, you have kids and family that don't even know what you're talking about now. 
but it's crazy because it's still embedded in you. Absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned that because for years, you know, I was raised that way. My grandma was born in 1920. We didn't, we didn't air our laundry. Right. You know, we, you just moved on. You didn't talk about it. But for me, it, I mean, you hit it on the nose. It's part of breaking that generational, uh, that I would call generational curse. Because if, by not talking about it for a number of years, I didn't talk about it. You hold yourself almost captive to it. Mm. But by speaking on it, you almost liberate, you liberate yourself. Because the problem is, it will reveal itself in some way, shape, or form. I didn't. I didn't go to counseling. We didn't talk about it. But you are. You gonna have to deal with it at some point because it doesn't just go away. Right. And for me, part of dealing with it was acting out. Mm. Part of me dealing with it. When I look back on my life growing up, that anger, that pain, it revealed itself with me almost taking a man's life uh, while committing a robbery. I didn't understand that at the time, but once I began to kind of talk about things and kind of seek counseling, it really helped me to understand why I made a lot of decisions and why I was living my life the way that I was. Right. I I was wondering, is there any uh, thing that you do? Because like when I motivate myself, I listen to messages in the morning, right when I get up, before I get online and start doing anything. Is there anything that you do to prepare yourself for the day to get you motivated? Absolutely. You know, it drives my kids crazy because I don't listen to, you know, I don't listen to music very rarely, but my, they get in my car and they, and and they're going to listen to, uh, you know, they are going to listen to a motivational speaker. They're going to listen to a church station or something that, that is uplifting. I start my day that way. I continue my day that way. And I end my day that way. It's a difference of pumping positive energy. And I believe what you put in is what you get out. I've gone home to where, you know, I've gone home a few times where I was born and raised, South Central L.A. And the last time I, well, it wasn't the last time, but one of the times I went home, I was driving to my aunt's house. And I really was a bit more aware than I had ever been. But, there, you know, there was a liquor store, there was a church, and there was a a mortuary funeral home on every block. Mm -hmm. So this is every block. And it depressed me. It it made me really, it just, it was very dark. But now, you know, where I live now in Colorado, it's not that way. So my point is, you know, when you live in that area or when you're surrounded by negativity, that's what comes out. Mm -hmm. So by listening, by by surrounding myself or by listening to motivational and inspirational things, it puts you in, it gives you a mindset to see positive things. It puts you in a mindset to see opportunity and any blessings that come your way. When it's, when you're, when your thoughts are dark, you miss opportunities. You miss those blessings because your mind is in a dark space because that's what you put in. That's what you're surrounded around. Now, good morning, Mr. Humphrey. This is Marco. Uh, I just have a quick question, considering that you just recently visited Columbia Middle School. Um, how do you approach the youth compared to a grown adult? It must be a little different. You know, it, it is a little bit different uh, because, you know, I have four children. So something that I know is middle school kids, uh, their attention span is a little bit shorter. So. Any presentations that I give at middle school, the the formulas that I use are motivation, entertainment, and education. So in order to motivate them, you have to first build that trust. You have to entertain them because that's the way our, that's the way today's generation is. They have to be entertained. So during that presentation, I'm going to use entertainment. I'm going to use, I'm going to crack jokes, but while they're laughing, I'm infusing a, 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 a positive message that that makes it more palatable for them because they're laughing. I'm not preaching to them. I'm not speaking at them. I'm making them laugh, and then I'm sliding that message in right, mm. right in between. So, with with adults, typically, typically, 
if I'm hosting an event, people have paid to come to that event. So they're coming to take something away. Uh, but with school kids, it's not that way. They have to be there. So you have to present it in a way that works for them. And you have to really almost take it down to a level that they understand. But it doesn't matter where I'm speaking, if it's a middle school or high school or college, I will be completely transparent uh, and I'll work that into the message. So this would be last question. Um, I, I want everyone to just know any of your future projects or anything that you might be doing and where they can find you social media wise, website, uh, website wise and things like that. Okay. You know, I've got, I've got, as of right now, I've, I just got back from, I was in New Jersey and then I headed over to, um, to where was I at? Minnesota. And so I finished the year. I finished the year. I'm done speaking for the year. I've got a bunch of events here locally in Colorado scheduled and I've got some out of town events coming up and I can post those locations on my on my website or if someone wants to know if I'll be in the area, they can email me at Ian at beinspired.com. That's I-A-N-B-E-I-A-N-S-P-I-R-E-D.com. And if they want to find me on social media, they can simply go to my website, ianhumphreyspeaks.com or ianhumphrey.com, and it'll take them to my website, and all of my information is there. I'm on Facebook. They can find me at Motivational Speaker, uh, Ian Humphrey, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. But all those links they can find on my website. Amen. Amen. So with that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Like I tell everybody that's come on the show, when you come on the show, you're like family. So if there's any way that Anointed Radio can help out, promote, um, let people know, let us know, and we'll help you out that way. And um, if anything is coming up for another interview, if you've got a book or anything coming out, let us know, and we'll schedule that as well. Because like I said, we, we're here to help each other. I think that's the, the, the best thing. You know, I, I said a, a, a question on Facebook, and I had a lot of responses on it, and it was simply saying, which would you rather have? Would you have, rather have money or would you rather have support? I choose support all day because somebody could give you $2 and say, all right, that's my support. But when somebody really supports you, that means they spend time. And just with, Absolutely. with that being said, I just want to say that we're here to support you. Um, anything that you're doing, let us know. And we'll love to be part of it. Especially if you're coming to Vegas. We'll Especially if you're coming to Vegas. We'll be there to support. And um, one thing that I realize is that, um, that you're in the same city as Bishop Kevin Foreman, who was on the show as well. Um, he has the church Harvest, um, Harvest. Oh, he's going to get me for not <laughs> being able to say, but Harvest Ministries out in uh, uh, Laura, Colorado. So he, okay. he, he's definitely a stand-up guy. If, if you didn't know about him, definitely go check him out. He gives a great word, Bishop Kevin Foreman. You know, as my pastor duty, I always have to, be able to refer in your area some some guys that I could say that I verified as some good guys that give the word. So he's an awesome man of God and an awesome motivator as well. So I definitely encourage you to uh, check him out out there in your free time because I know that you're busy. Absolutely. I'll definitely I'll look through, I'll look back through your social media pages and see if I can find them. Amen. So I definitely say stay blessed. Um, and if you have anything, just let us know and have a great day today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll make it to Vegas and be able to look you guys up. All right. That works for me. Amen. So. Don't got to stop. It don't got to stop. Why not? Because at 11 o'clock. What's going on? At Judah Family Community Church, you could go ahead and see a good word. From who? From me today, Ashley. Okay, let's get it. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to talk about church hurt 
people versus mm. church going people. That's a subject right there. Woo-wee. That ain't a one subject, uh, one sermon subject. I know. <laughs> I got a series actually. I'm I'm working on y'all. This is gonna be my first series, and it's gonna be called "Are You Accomplice to Sin?" Mm. Ooh, that's deep. God brought it to me, and I, I I've been working on it, so it got to be good because sometimes we find ourselves being an accomplice, a, a helper, an mm. enabler to helping people sin, but we don't do it to better them or to stop them from sinning. So that's a series I'm working on. Um, it'll be coming soon. It might come in 2019. Okay. I think I might just start we'll be able to look out like for that. it. Look, look it out. My series. Um, are you accomplice to sin? So, but check us out at Judah family community church, Facebook page. If you cannot make it out. Um, and one thing I could just say is common sense isn't common, but you know what you've been through. So don't re- repeat the same mistakes. Mm. That was deep. I had to change yeah. it up a little bit. And this is Coach Hill. You can find me on Instagram at 910Coach. And uh, just remember, patience is a talent that a lot of people don't have. And also, How can I expect people to be loyal to me if they can't be loyal to God? Amen. So we're going to go ahead and go into praise break, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. See y'all next week. Peace.